0: Hey everyone, it's Amina Bell here. This is Mina's World, and it's episode 10. Let's begin. Today's episode is actually a pretty heavy topic for me. It's very personal. Um, it's a lot of, like, personal. I don't even know what else to say, but it's, it's a painful episode for me, I'm not gonna lie. Um, so do excuse me if I become emotional, um, I'm going to try to keep it together because I think it's important for me to talk about and maybe important for someone else to hear about, but what I'm going to be talking about today is recurrent pregnancy loss, um, dealing with infertility and or feeling infertile, and how I was affected and how I still am affected by recurrent pregnancy losses. Um, And also what I do to cope and help myself out, um, just keep a positive outlook and not lose my mind because it's a very sensitive topic and it's so personal to us that I think a lot of the times we kind of deal with it on our own, on our own, I don't know what that is (laughs) anyway. I did have a hard time trying to figure out how I was going to format this episode just because there's so much personal stuff. Um, And I don't know like how much business to really tell y'all, but I'm going to just go ahead and be honest and give you as much as I can that I feel comfortable giving. So with that being said, for a long time. I thought myself to be infertile. I got pregnant twice as a teenager. Um, the first pregnancy was terminated. Uh, the second pregnancy ended in miscarriage and that uh, it really impacted me um, very very differently than it impacted me being older and going through that. Um, I'm, And here I'm talking about pregnancy loss. I've I've only ever lost my pregnancies after the first termination, um, and that we'll talk about. I want to kind of do a completely different episode on that, and also I wanted to think I thought about doing an episode um, on the differences between teenage pregnancy loss and you know older, I guess adult pregnancy loss and how those two experiences were completely different for me. Um, but that's a different story, like I said. So to get back into what I was saying, um, after losing you know, my pregnancy as a teenager, I hadn't been pregnant. I didn't get pregnant for about seven years after that. Seven whole years I did not get pregnant. And so I thought that meant I just couldn't have kids. Before, of course, before I got pregnant again, um, I thought that I couldn't have kids. And I just thought, like, I was broken. Everybody else is popping them out. I can't. And just as a disclaimer, I wasn't trying to get pregnant as a teenager. Um, That was the part I was dealing with. I was battling with talking to you all about because I don't want to, in this segment, come off like, you know, I'm trying to promote pregnancies um, for teens or, like, I want to bash anyone. Um, It's a really neutral zone for me and it's really personal. So you can see it's really personal because I keep saying it. It's like I'm scared to talk about it. But um, I kind of didn't want people to judge me. And it, it goes into having an idea that's not true about myself. Like I have to be perfect. I feel like if people found out I got pregnant when I was a teenager, I don't know. They just judge me and, and let them judge me in that case because a lot of things happen to us commonly that we just don't share. To sh- uh, we don't choose to share. So anyway, um I thought I couldn't have kids. I thought I was infertile. So I looked it up and I was like, what is infertility? I just Googled it. And what came up was not getting pregnant for one year um, after careful timing and planning. So like not just having raw sex for a year and not getting pregnant but actually taking the time out to plan your ovulation or track your ovulation to take supplements and vitamins for your health like um, enriching your womb timing your sex to meet exactly with your ovulation there's even like There's even lubrications that you can use to help facilitate sperm getting to your egg. I also thought about doing a get pregnant episode because I know a lot about trying to get pregnant now. Um, And this is not because for seven years I was trying to get pregnant. That's what I was going to say. I know that I wasn't infertile because i hadn't been actively trying for those seven years like after i, I had a miscarriage when i was a teen um i kind of just dealt with it alone went by you know went through it by myself and that was the end into that like i i didn't want to get pregnant again um for an array of reasons i mean of course but really i just i didn't want that terrible shame of my family just thinking i was so terrible for getting pregnant. So I was like, okay, that's not the move. Um, and I understand that that should not, or, you know, it maybe should not have been a reason why I didn't want to get pregnant, but it was like, I didn't like feeling like I was just the wrong child for doing something that happened to me naturally. I mean, that's a different story, but, um, so I wasn't trying to get pregnant is what I was saying and that's also how I came to the conclusion that I was not dealing with infertility so I'll digress Um, back in like 2018 I say the beginning of 2018 I I decided with my partner um, at the time I was like you know I want to have a baby and this is something that he and I we had talked about for some time we I think at that time we were together for four years so We had talked about it, but we had never actively tried to have a baby. It was kind of like, you know, if it happened, it happened, whatever. But it wasn't like, all right, you're going to get me pregnant, you know? So we tried getting pregnant. um, And we tried for like eight months with no success. And it was such an exhausting experience because every single month I felt like I was pregnant. And that was another thing. Um, My body was very... Very tricky when it came to having symptoms, and I know that knowing the um, the things I know now, I understand that a lot of the feelings that we have when we are about to start our menstruation can be the same feelings we have for symptoms of pregnancy. Even now, with everything that I know, sometimes I'm like, "Wait a second, what's going on? You know, could I be pregnant just because of how my body is responding?" And then boop-de-doop flow comes on time and I'm like oh okay that's what I thought you know what I mean um and so during that time the 2018 time um I tried for eight months I didn't get pregnant then I decided to take a little break because it was driving me crazy and all I could think about was having a baby and who has a baby I don't have a baby like it was just all baby and um this was in the middle of me trying to like positive I had um, I had family members or friends or family members and friends who like died and it was a lot that year so I decided to take a break and then lo and behold early 2019 um, I found out that I was pregnant so I was totally shocked um, I wasn't even trying at the time and I just got pregnant I had not been pregnant for seven years before that so you know I was shocked when I saw it on the um like the pregnancy test for the last eight months all I've been seeing was not pregnant and so I just was expecting to see another not pregnant and I was joking with my partner with um like around the time I found out I was like you know what if for this Valentine's Day like my period just didn't come on like what if our Valentine's Day gift is a baby and you know he laughed or whatever ha 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 it's a topic that we both it's a sensitive topic so i know that he wants it like a lot or he wanted it a lot at the time so i'm like you know whatever whatever and then i found that i was pregnant but shortly after finding out i was pregnant and um i will advise people like it really is true when they say you should wait to tell people because I feel like I, that's where I went wrong damn near every time but it's just because I was so excited like I didn't announce to Facebook or Instagram so for a lot of people that are going to listen to this it is new information but for my close friends and family this is not new and I do feel like um, on one hand I'm happy I I told people because I had a support system when I lost the baby um, but then it just it was so exhausting to have to go back and tell everybody never mind i think i lost the baby around six weeks um and i hope i'm not getting on anybody's nerves by referring to you know the fetus as a baby because it's my baby fuck you talking about but anyway um i was like six weeks when i had the miscarriage and that was really hard for me um because I feel like since I had a miscarriage before, it had always been in the back of my mind and I was trying so hard to stay positive. Um, I kind of felt like at the time, I know statistics say that we many of us have miscarriages and it's no big deal. We go on to have healthy pregnancies. So I tried to keep that in my mind and just know like, okay, yeah, so happy ones it doesn't mean it's gonna happen again. It's been a long time. I'm older now, I'm you know, healthy, I'm able to take care of myself. God should give me this baby. Like God, don't please don't play with me. And I'm not gonna say God played, but I did lose the pregnancy so it was like devastating to me um that was the second miscarriage that I had but I'll just look at this one as the first recently um so right after that I got pregnant again I got pregnant again maybe not even two months I had one cycle um aside from the pregnancy loss and then I found out that I was pregnant again and I was on top of the world I was like okay this must be like this is it this time because why would this happen to me twice in one year and you know I (laughs) it just must be time I didn't even know like I can't verbalize how I was feeling but I was like you know God is God is giving me another chance at what I really want I want that more than anything I know people because I'm an entertainer and I write music um people would think that my music career and you know expanding is the biggest thing I want but no I want to be a mom more than anything in my life um and I'll talk about how I've been coping with that because I still don't have any children and I'm not currently pregnant so for you to want something so bad and it's just not happening for you um i'm going to talk about that later on and how i've been dealing but to go back to what i was saying um well we know how this pregnancy must have ended since i don't have any children i had another miscarriage but this time i had a miscarriage it was later um i think i was like nine weeks i, I was i know i wasn't 10 weeks but i think i was like nine weeks and that completely shattered me um I'm sorry I gotta take a moment because it's just uh, it's so personal to me and it hasn't even been a year so I went through Mother's Day pregnant and I felt on top of the world. I spent my birthday pregnant and so I felt like you know this is this is going to happen for me and it just did not happen so i spiraled down um into a depression i already battle with depression this is something that's not new to my regular listeners um and even if you've only ever heard one other episode i'm sure i've touched on staying positive at all costs and keeping it pushing and um if i can be honest that is why i dropped off the face of the earth last year with mina's podcast um the first pregnancy loss i had really set me back and i was ashamed because i had planned on you know coming clean and telling you guys i was pregnant on the podcast um i was so excited about how i was going to do that and so it really set me back so then when i got pregnant the second time um if you've ever suffered a pregnancy loss you know that just because you are pregnant again doesn't take away from what you lost like you still feel that pregnancy loss um, as real as if you weren't pregnant at the time so I wanted to get an episode together where I just spoke on the pregnancy loss respected you know what happened but moved on to how i was pregnant now and how you know keep hope and being optimistic because one day we can our dreams are going to come true and that never happened for me so it never happened for us meaning i never made another episode until the last one i just made because how was i going to come clean to you all about two miscarriages now you understand i I had so much shame associated with myself um, i I really didn't feel like I had a purpose because well I don't want to say our purpose is to reproduce because it's a lot more complex than that. um Some people will never give birth and will be a mother to several, so I'm not that it has to be but for a long time I felt like I don't have a true purpose if I don't have a baby um I have things that I want to do and I have you know stuff I want to accomplish but the the meaning for me being here I didn't feel like I had one and I just felt so low um I felt like a failure, and so that permeated through everything. Um, I stopped going to the studio. You know, uh, I didn't want to create because the things that I wanted that I created they were so dark, and they were so terrible. Like um, I just didn't feel, I didn't feel like I could move. I didn't feel like I could do anything because what was the point? you know and like I said this is something that I struggle with I'm already someone that struggles with depression so when this happened I really really suffered um I started to feel like am I being punished because I terminated a pregnancy when I was younger um I felt like you know why me why can't I have something so simple? Why is my story always so fucking complicated? You know, um, at 12 years old, I got shot. I watched my dad die. Like, nothing has been normal. Even before 12 years old, I've always been an eyeball out of my friends. Like, I just, why can't I have a bit of fucking normalcy? Why can't I just get pregnant and have a baby? Like, I watch people do it all the time. It's literally drug addicts that are pregnant and they gonna have their babies to throw them out or do something fucked up with them. And I just was in a bitter state, you know what I mean? I was in a a terribly low state. I, I couldn't, I couldn't pick my head up. It was hard for me to feel confident about myself because I can't even do something simple that my body is supposed to be able to do. I'm a woman because my body's supposed to be able to do that. Um, and that's how I was feeling. I understand that it's much more um, that makes you a woman. And those of us who will never give birth, um, like our my family from, from the transgender community, I know for sure, you know, my sisters are no less women. However, at the time, I just was in such a low place. Um, and it, it still hurts my feelings right now so you can understand how how terrible it was for me then because here I am a year almost from it kind of and I still feel uh, a lot of pain associated with it Um, I'm doing a lot more to work through the shame that I feel or just like feeling broken literally like I just feel like I was feeling like I don't work properly. Like, why would my partner want me? If I can't do something so simple, why would they want to be with me? Um, I had a lot of questions that went unanswered. And so it was just a hard, hard time. And that's why I hadn't made another episode. Because I was not ready to give this part to you guys. Um, I even feel funny crying about it now so openly, but I know that that's a part of going through stuff, but like at the time I just could not do that. And so days turn into weeks, turn into months, and here we are. Um, unfortunately that's not the end of my recurrent pregnancy loss story. Um, just this year, 2020 January, I had what's called a chemical pregnancy where it's basically you know you get a positive on your pregnancy test and then you start to bleed like so it's not necessarily like you miss your period your period you might be a few days late but it comes on right around the time where your period was supposed to come on but you were pregnant so basically there's an issue with um, the egg implanting into your uterus. And so you just start to menstruate. That happened to me this year. Um, but what I'll say is that this one, I wasn't even surprised. Um, unfortunately, like, I know that some women can recognize with me. It's like when you, once you have that first miscarriage, especially that second but like after the third one even the second one you just you kind of feel like that's what you're made to do it's like you're made to have miscarriages right now even i'm not gonna lie to y'all and tell y'all that i'm 100 percent okay and that i'm so past all of this because i'm not like i'm living in it and so that's also why i thought it was really important for me to talk about it and get this episode out because i don't want to i don't want to not make these episodes because of stuff i'm going through because it's supposed to be you know a voice blog it's supposed to be me telling what i'm going through but um i was so devastated y'all like this year i and i wasn't trying to get pregnant i will say that so it was a surprise for me um, I definitely wasn't trying to get pregnant at all, but because after my third miscarriage, um, last year, it was I think it was like May 28th or something that it happened. Um, I had decided I didn't want to have any more children, like, not have any more, but I didn't want to have kids anymore. Like, I just decided I can't keep going through that, so like, I'm done. But your girl had raw sex and got pregnant, so. That's what happens, kids. Be careful. But, um, so I wasn't pregnant for a whole fucking week before I saw that, you know, so familiar blood in my panties. And I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I can't sugarcoat it. Like, everything dropped. My self esteem, I felt myself spiraling down again into that terrible um, depression hey so how I bought myself out of it this time though is instead of asking why me and why this kept happening to me I looked for a message in it Um, and I just looked for ways to stay positive about it. Um, not that I didn't before, but being older and I understand that how we look at things are really, really affect how they will be, even if not right this second, but in the future. Um, so I gotta get myself together. I'm all sniffling and stuff. I don't want to do that the whole episode. <laughs> but this is such a hard one for me. Um, so back to what i was saying i i spoke to god i don't want to sound cliche i know we always talk about like praying and talking to god and for young people that can be kind of funny like girl and i understand but i pleaded with god like i pleaded this time um when i was pregnant i'm like please make this work for me like I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know why this keeps happening, but please make it work. And then I started bleeding. So I'm like, I know for one that God is not cruel. And so there is a reason why I'm not having a baby right now. And I just had to keep that in mind that God is not cruel. Even if I can't understand why this is happening to me, I do understand that it must not be my time to have a baby. I mean, it's my what, third shot, fourth shot at it, and it's just not happening for me. So, I really try to remain in a spiritual place instead of going to a dark place. Um, and I think that's what made the difference this time. Also, and I, I don't, I want to talk about my actions and my coping but i do want to focus a little more on my feelings around it like i have to suffer in silence even now like i suffer in silence and i think that's something that a lot of women do after a pregnancy loss because even my partner who is so supportive he's such a good man um he doesn't understand you know nobody can understand like myself because nobody else was pregnant but myself. That doesn't mean that the people around you don't care. They care to the extent that they can, you know, understand, but it's just not something that they were personally going through, especially because we're dealing with so many hormones and chemical levels in our bodies that drop so suddenly. That also has an effect on our moods. So that chemical turbulence wasn't taking place in my family members and my loved ones. So I kinda felt like, you know, everybody was sad for me for a time, but it's an unspoken thing. It's like I feel like people just expect you to get over it after a while. And I know this happens not with just pregnancy laws. This is all kind of loss I think that we have there's a a coping time period that's allotted so every kind of loss, um, depending on who you are and how you live your life, that is never enough. Honestly, I don't ever feel like there's enough, like a finite time to say, "Okay, you can stop being sad now." However many days have gone by, it should be fine by now. And what I'll say is that my family didn't make me feel like that. So I'm not speaking from an experience of people were like, "Okay, all right, Mina, like." We get it, you're sad. I'm also a person who is very guarded. So I do take that into account. I'm already somebody who doesn't like to show my emotions. um, And I don't like to get my family and friends or loved ones involved because I don't wanna burden them with how I'm feeling. So I know that went into it. That's why I felt like I was suffering in silence because the agony is tremendous, I'm not gonna lie. Um, It's a terrible, terrible feeling that I still do have. But I don't want to bring that out. And honestly, like, it's only so much venting about a pregnancy loss you can do. And I don't want to put my family in that situation of feeling like they have to comfort me about something that is completely out of their control, completely out of my control. And just overall, it's not much we can do about it. But that doesn't mean that I don't deserve to go through what I'm going through. Um, or that you don't deserve to go through what you're going through if you're experiencing pain from pregnancy loss. So it's, we have to keep that balance of taking care of ourselves and being, um, I want to say, holding our feelings accountable, like facing how we feel but not doing it completely alone. Like journaling is really good. I know in damn near every episode I'm telling you all to journal but journaling is good for me for every reason there is so i don't yeah i don't have any problems telling you all to journal thank you hold on give me one second we're gonna take a quick break okay we're back um i was talking about Suffering in silence, and basically, it was something that I, I was dealing with tremendously um, at the time, even after this you know, because I don't want to just talk about it like, oh, that was last year. Like, I'm not dealing with that anymore. I am still dealing with it. I think the difference though is that I'm not on a downward spiral. Um, I don't mind talking about it. It's still painful and and baby girl might shed a tear, but I'm learning that that's the strong thing to do is cry and let your feelings out because I, I didn't do that for a very long time. So, I'm proud of myself. But anyway, um I wanted to just talk about like not only did I withdraw from my everyday life, like the things that motivated me. Um I withdrew from my family because I didn't want to lie to them. You asked me how I'm feeling today and it's terrible. It's like I feel like dying. I feel like shit. I feel like nothing. I feel like nothing. And that is really how you know it feels after a pregnancy loss, especially a, a recurring situation where it just feels like there's no hope. Um, I'm not taken away from anyone when I say that. So, if you've only ever lost one pregnancy and then you went on to have four kids. I validate your loss just as much as somebody who has lost every pregnancy. I am not. I don't want anybody to feel like this episode doesn't pertain to them when it comes to loss, especially pregnancy loss, because I know that our feelings are all real. So um just want to get that out there. But I, I withdrew from them because I didn't want to. I'm not going to keep telling you the same things, but basically, I just don't want to bring that to them. Um, and so that becomes hard and it becomes like, well, how do you not go crazy and deal with that? I try to look at the statistics um, the first time. And so I'll just give you some statistics if you've dealt with the pregnancy loss, even like somebody, you know, um, and you might be nervous for the next time, you know, or whatever. It might help you to know that 50% of all pregnancies do end in loss. So it's not something that is rare. Um, It happens to damn near all of us at one point in our lives. Now, of all pregnancy losses, that's including chemical pregnancies like the one I had, which basically if I hadn't taken a pregnancy test, I mean, I've been pregnant enough in my life now to where I know kind of when I'm pregnant. Um, I don't know if I said it before, but it was tricky. Like, my body does play tricks on itself sometimes. But for the most part, like, at this point, I knew at least to take a pregnancy test, if nothing else. So, if you're not like me, you, and you're not necessarily a person that pays the utmost attention to your body especially like your womb health and your cycle you may not even know that you're pregnant before you have a pregnancy loss because like I said before the chemical pregnancy happens within that same range as your normal menstrual cycle so it's really no telling if you unless you had a um, positive pregnancy test so 50% of all pregnancies but then 11 to 25 percent of known pregnancies so that's after you take your test and it comes out you're pregnant um and then i think it's it says 11 to 25 but i think it's 15 to 25 percent um i think i wrote that wrong it's 15 to 25 percent that all uh, end in miscarriage so one in four women who get a positive pregnancy test at least uh or about about one in four will unfortunately um, have a pregnancy loss. And then 80%, over 80% of all pregnancy losses happen in the first trimester. So the fact that I had a miscarriage um, the first time and the fact that I was in the beginning of the trimester uh, or excuse me, the beginning of the pregnancy in the first trimester, I wasn't shocked. I only did become alarmed after last year. Um, Even this year when I was pregnant, I kind of, like I said, I kind of felt like this may not end. Instead of being so excited and being like, oh, I can't wait to plan for a baby shower. I can't wait to plan for this, that, and the third. I kind of was just like, I'm just going to plan on coping like I'm going to plan in case this goes south how am I going to keep myself up and not spiral so far down and I'm so happy I did that Uh, I don't I'm not encouraging you to look forward to a miscarriage so I don't want you to get that mistaken but I do encourage us all no matter what it is to plan for the negative outcome that way if it happens when it happens um we have at least something to cling to and it's not just hitting us like in our foreheads with no no preparedness we don't have to just cope with it on the fly like we have a game plan for coping so and I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm learning in my life overall just being like somebody who has PTSD and deals with depression um, coping like a game plan for coping and it can be frustrating That's a whole nother episode, because it's like, is that the best life has for me? It's just how to fucking cope. But yes, yes, that is. It's the best life has for you, so you can make the best of it, or you cannot. And then what I'm going to do is make the best of it. Um, But anyway, I was talking about how I became alarmed, and I am still alarmed. Right now, because we're in quarantine, and we have the whole... Um, COVID-19 thing going on. I I don't think it's the best idea for me to try to get it figured out right now because I think it's it's going to be more hassle than not, especially because I'm young and I don't know why, but for some reason they don't take young women's accounts very seriously at the doctors from my experience. Um I'll even talk a little bit about that with my latest pregnancy for a second so um but to go back real quick yeah so I I noticed that it's called recurrent I didn't mean I forgot to tell you this guys but it becomes recurrent pregnancy loss after your third miscarriage in a row so I am officially someone that suffers from recurrent pregnancy loss And so that's when I I looked that up and I was already doing research on miscarriage and everything after my first miscarriage. So I did have some idea that it could happen. Like I said, I looked at the statistics and all of that. And then after the second one, or should I say the first one last year, um, then I became like, okay, all right, this is the second time now, you know, maybe because I hadn't been pregnant for a long time. I was rusty down there, like, I don't know, whatever. Um, but I definitely knew it was something wrong after the third one. So, um, basically I would encourage you to definitely not wait. If you feel like it's something that can be fixed. I don't know what's going on with me, so I really don't know. And that's where I want to get into my last, my latest pregnancy. I'm not going to like when I tell y'all from the moment I found out it from before when I even thought I could be pregnant I was looking at ways to prevent miscarriage and I know I should have known better it's not very many ways unless it's like a physical issue like a of your cervix or something it's not many ways to prevent an early trimester miscarriage and unfortunately i have done some research i don't know how solid it is so i would only take these next few things um lightly but the more you have them the more likely you are to have them so that really scared me um it is scary to me and it's something that i do want to get looked at but to finish what i was saying um when I found that I was pregnant in January, I was on it like a hawk. Do you hear me? I was calling all over the city trying to get a prenatal appointment, and I was trying to stress to everyone like, I've had two miscarriages um, last year and three back to back so i'm trying to get some sort of screening done i don't even i didn't even know at the time like and i still really don't know because it's so hard to like really figure out why you're losing a baby for a lot of reasons because there's so many things that go into having a healthy baby so it could be hormones it could be i don't know it could be anything and i wanted to know if my hCG level hCG level was high enough, because if your hCG level is not high enough, um, that indicates a possible pregnancy termination in the near future. But there are ways to boost your levels of um, progesterone and other pregnancy, like pregnancy healthy hormones, which can overall um, impact positively your pregnancy and hope to like help to boost your HCG and that you have a stronger pregnancy. What it may be for me is that I have issues with implantation and it's hard for my babies to dig into the little um, uterine lining. and if you take progesterone, that makes it easier for implantation. There are I, I even started taking that. Um, I did my research. So if you start taking progesterone, the only thing I would say is to wean yourself down off of it if you have to stop for any reason. Um, and this is even if you're not pregnant, because people take progesterone to prepare their bodies for pregnancy. That's not something that I was doing because I wasn't trying to get pregnant. But um once I found out I was pregnant I was on it cuz I was like I've had early trimester um you know losses so it may well be something with implant implantation. The last pregnancy I had lasted a short amount of time like i said so i was just like trying to stay on it i was calling people i'm like can i be seen they're like oh well um we don't usually bring people in until about the eighth week or we don't bring people in until the 12th week like all these huge ass week numbers and i'm like okay i get it i get it i'm two days pregnant but this is not my first pregnancy. Like I want you all to understand, that nine times out of ten, I'm gonna lose this baby if I don't get some help. And it was just really a nonchalant attitude around it. I'm not saying that what I was told didn't have validity in it, um, but it it didn't help. It didn't make me feel any more secure, nonetheless. Like um, I was just told, like, oh wow. Well. You know, and basically, if you're going to lose the pregnancy, um, it's going to happen either way at this point. And so there's not really much we can do. But honestly, I would I would have even liked to just have had like somebody to talk to about it. Maybe there's not anything you could do. But let me tell you how I, you know, about these, you didn't even let me tell you about my previous experiences and the things that I've been eating or, you know, what supplements I've been taking. I just wanted a little more care. Like sometimes, because I'm a nurse, so I get it. Sometimes what people really want is just for you to act like you care and there's really nothing else that you can do, but I would have liked it. And I feel like as a young woman, people think you have so much time and they don't understand that even if you do have time, like, I don't want to keep having miscarriages up until I'm 30 or up until something just miraculously, like, clicks. So I wanted to kind of, I just wanted to try to get in front of it, and I felt like I got nowhere. Um, so that was a really disheartening thing to me. But I also understand, like I said, I do understand where the nurses um were coming from when they were telling me these things. It just it kinda made me feel like hopeless from the start, for real for real. So that's something that I wanna encourage us to not don't feel hopeless. Like don't be discouraged. Um and even in the times where, you know, if you can't be seen by a doctor, just stay as positive as you possibly can. Um and I know it becomes harder and harder with every pregnancy loss to stay positive i definitely know that so i want to move into talking about how i have been coping with this um and how i want to continue to cope and hopefully like something you could take away from it too so first off i'm advising you to seek medical attention if you are dealing with infertility remember infertility infertility excuse me (laughs) is not getting pregnant for one year after careful timing and planning so if you are trying to get pregnant and you've been trying for 12 cycles straight and you haven't gotten pregnant i advise you to go and get something checked out because it may well be something small in the way i don't know just go and see what's going on um i'm encouraging you to get checked out even if you have been pregnant and you you suffer from definitely if you suffer from recurrent pregnancy loss like myself i say get checked out now like i said i stated before right now during the quarantine time like i don't know what success you're going to really have with getting a doctor in the office like to do that i know that health care providers and things of that nature we do have to still be on duty i'm at work right now As I'm recording the show so I know we still have to work but like if it's not a necessity don't go outside you know what I mean if you find out that you're pregnant tomorrow then go baby girl go because you want to make sure you can do everything you possibly can to you know prevent something like a pregnancy loss happening again or even if you do have another pregnancy loss you wanna make you wanna feel like you did everything you could. At least I know that's how I felt. Like, um this recent pregnancy laws, a big reason why I was able to bounce back is because I know damn well I did everything I could do to keep that baby up in me. I prayed, I did physical things like um I took the progesterone, I I did spiritual things, um, I took vitamins, I did I did every damn thing. Okay. I harassed nurses and, and doctors that you know, I apologize for harassing them now, but it was very necessary to me at the time. So I had that peace of mind and feeling like I didn't just wait around for it to happen. Where in other cases, I was tentative to do anything because I'm like, well, let me see, you know, it might not go that far. Let me see. But this time I was on it. So you want to just give yourself that peace of mind and knowing that you did everything that was possible. So if you do find out that you're pregnant, I will go ahead and get that attention but like if you feel like it could wait a month or two i would say wait a month or two because at this point you know you don't want to have to leave the house for anything that's not like a real serious necessity now don't get me wrong i'm not saying that recurrent pregnancy loss is not a real emergency and it's not something that should be addressed because it totally should be addressed um but you know what i mean in these times just think it through like if you still want to go go whatever but anyway um you can also do some holistic healing i am not big on pharmaceuticals as funny as it is i'm a nurse and that's damn near what i do all day is like give people medicine and do treatments on them with pharmaceuticals but myself i'm not a big pharmacy lady so um, i just do different things that are holistic to heal my womb. i do that about once every two months um, pretty regularly and I talked about this I think was I don't remember what episode it was it might have been episode two of Mina's World where I talked about the Yanni Detox and the vaginal steams I still do those and what's funny is I actually got pregnant um, last year my first time getting pregnant last year was right after the Yanni Detox So I might add that into our um, getting pregnant episode on how that really, really helps a lot of women get pregnant. So, But I'm coming back. Um, I know at least now I don't have a problem getting pregnant. My problem is staying pregnant. And so I don't have many tips on how to stay pregnant. Clearly, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But I do have tips on how to heal your womb even if you've you know just in general as you as a woman healing but especially if you've had a pregnancy loss I encourage you to do a vaginal steam it restores um, really good herbs into our circulation and helps with um, anti-inflammatory things it helps Like I said, to flush out those toxins via circulation. And if you want to hear about all the things that Yanni steam and detox do, go listen to episode two, I think. Two or three. Three or four. Go back and listen to the daggone episodes and you'll know which ones. So I do those to kind of just overall promote um, a healthy wound environment. I also encourage you to drink different kinds of teas with herbs in them that promote womb health I have a couple here and um, I got this information from black American web ginger is really good for anti-inflammatory things Um, it's really good for the womb in general this is safe to use during pregnancy I would recommend using it in a small amount though because when I was younger I read ginger can um, promote contractions but i think that's in large quantities so they're saying it's safe they being um, black american web but i'm going to advise you just to use it in small increments just to be careful um another good herb is marigold you can use marigold in your tea and that's good for cleaning um, circulation things like that motherwort is also really good it helps with contractions and circulation um, marigold and motherwort both are not good to use during pregnancy i must note that do not use those if you are already pregnant but if you're just trying to promote womb health and you want to you know do a more holistic approach then you should t- like totally check those out um, the motherwort is good for contractions like i said and how that helps is because If your uterus is able to contract easily and stronger you're able to clean out more of your uterus every cycle which gets out those toxins which helps to build a healthy lining for your uterus and so when the time comes if you become pregnant you have a higher likelihood of a successful implantation and um, hopefully overall a successful pregnancy so I will totally check those out another thing that I've been doing and I have to do this every single Goddamn day, okay. It's positive self talk, and I know I talked about this just overall how to like love on ourselves and be positive. I totally still stand for that, um, but especially when it comes to your outlook for having a baby you have to stay positive please ladies do not tell yourself you can't have children do not tell yourself there's something wrong with you don't tell yourself you'll never be the one to have a baby you know it's for other people it's just not for you these are all things i've told myself i have to tell myself this every single day and and about pregnancy because For many women who've gone through a pregnancy loss, you're sensitive to pregnancy. Um, You can spot when someone's pregnant a mile away where other people might not notice. It's just something that you become more sensitive to. And I guess it's because of a longing. You know, for me, it's a longing. I want to be pregnant. I'm not going to lie. I'm grown. I can take care of myself. Um, I used to have shame with thinking that. But no, I want to be pregnant. And so... When I see other pregnant people, um, I have to tell myself, like, you know, you don't have to be sad. You don't have to be envious. You don't have to feel less than because you're not in her situation. You know, um, you are still a woman. You're still strong. You're still capable of creating. Just positive self-talk overall helps me to keep it all together during this, like, really stressful time in my life um and I mean, because I'm 25 I know that's young but my mom was young when she had me so I have a different like I have a skewed view of how long someone should wait before they have a baby um and I feel like my time is running out so I have to tell myself I still have time Like, I'm still young. My grandma, on the other hand, she had my mom when she was 27. So I'm early if I go by her clock, you know what I mean? And I also have to not compare myself to anyone. And I encourage us all to do that. Um, So positive self-talk. Also being honest. And when I say being honest, I mean, like, it helps me to be honest about how i feel with myself so i talked about seeing pregnant women and trying not to be envious well that's fucking hard it's really hard because i'm steady going through it you know what i mean and and you're not but you have to remember They might be successful in that area of their life, but there's other things that the person might look at me and say, damn, I wish I had that or I wish I was able to do that. So being honest with myself is like not letting, um, not hiding how I feel. If I don't feel like seeing some baby stuff or, you know, seeing pregnant people, um, I have to be honest, so I will shy away from certain events like I might not come to your baby shower Um, especially if it's a time right after I had a pregnancy loss and there's people who might know that I was pregnant there and they'll ask me like that's another thing that's the most terrible thing ever when you have to keep telling people like no no I'm not pregnant no there's no baby um recently I had got a call from the benefits office because i I signed up for like cheap insurance because i was pregnant he called me he's like how's the baby doing i'm like "Mm -hmm, the baby's dead so it's being honest about feeling like that kind of thing it really helps to save your feelings in the long run it's okay to take a little bit of time to not want to do that like i don't want to see that right now because it's hard for me but it's also important to remember not to become bitter about someone else's situation you can't please don't be bitter because they had a baby and you didn't I don't think that's positive at all but you can be honest and not feel like being bothered um also, if you can, if you have it in you, I encourage you to honor that pregnancy that you lost, um, whether it be with your family or your partner or whether it be alone. Sometimes these things are so personal to us that it's better to just do them alone between you and your guardian angel, you know, that, that lost baby, and acknowledge you are loved, you know, you were anticipated and we were excited for you but we love you no less though we won't meet you and i know you watch over me things like that to to kind of lessen the blow of loss almost like how we have candlelight visuals for loved ones that you know we lost in our lives Um, I encourage doing that because if you mourn your pregnancy, you can move on from your pregnancy easier than feeling like you just had to sweep it under the rug and, like, keep going. I think that is a big difference between mature pregnancy loss and teenage pregnancy loss because as a teenager, nobody wants to mourn your lost baby. If anything, they'll tell you things like, oh, you got lucky. Oh, it was for the best. Oh, you know shit you just don't want to hear. Basically, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you were expecting and you planned on keeping your child, nine times out of ten, you're devastated when you lose a baby. So um those kind of things can be really hard for teenage moms um, or teenagers who lose a pregnancy so I would say do that in silence if you're someone I mean not in silence excuse me do that to yourself personally with yourself if you're someone who doesn't have a large support system or if you're a teenager and you you know you've suffered this and maybe you couldn't even tell your parents maybe this is something you 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 know it was just completely a secret I understand that too But definitely honoring that lost pregnancy is something I really recommend. Um, And then also, like, taking a break. I'm not looking to have a baby right now. I'm not even playing them games right now. Like... Because I'm telling you, I'll I be playing them games. I'm Amina Bell is the type of person who stays, I'm not going to lie to you, like I stay with a partner. Whatever type of relationship we have, I stay with a partner. And it's usually a long-term partner. So it's hard. <laughs> Baby girl not using the rubber every last time. But I know what's important to me now. And it's actually important to me not to get pregnant right now um i don't want to do that i just don't want to lose another baby that's really what it comes down to and unfortunately i know that right now i'm operating from a place of fear about it but i don't want to so um taking a break is good you don't want to keep on like i'm stubborn also so i have a a balancing issue where like one day i'm like no i don't want it i don't want to do this um I don't want to become pregnant and then there's other days where I'm like no like I want to have a baby I should be able to work to have a baby I've done everything in my life that I needed to do um so I feel like and when I say needed I I literally mean needed other the other stuff I want to do I haven't done yet but like I'm able to keep a roof over my head and yours too okay you feel me but that's not the point the point is um I feel like, fuck that, I should have a baby. Like, this is what I want, and nobody, nothing is going to come in my way. But that's exhausting. So I would advise us to take a break, even if it's a three-month break. It don't have to be a year. It don't have to be whatever. For me, I feel like I want to take a couple years break and just kiss it up to God at this point. But, like, if you are still and you're actively trying to get pregnant stage, I would just say take a month or two break, um, for one, because you it's good for your uterus to go back and heal and then like you just don't want to get in an emotional roller coaster of the ups and downs of trying to get pregnant, getting pregnant, you know, worrying about a pregnancy loss, losing a pregnancy, having to cope, all of that like that's a fucking It's a roller coaster, and it's so, so tiring. So give yourself a break from that. Um, And the last thing I'm going to touch on, because this has been a really, really long episode, I realized. And I knew it was going to be a long episode. That's why I didn't talk too much about it in episode nine, because I knew we was going to be talking. And guess what? I still got more I feel like I could say, but yeah, I can write it down. Um, Moving forward, though, the last thing I'm going to really encourage Especially if you are someone who has dealt with infertility or pregnancy loss is plan for other things. One of the most disheartening things about being pregnant is plan well being pregnant and then not being pregnant is planning for a new arrival of someone and they never come. Like I don't know how many due dates I have etched into my head that on that day, I'm like, fuck, like, baby such and such is supposed to be here. Because I'm telling you right now, every time I found out I was pregnant, I started naming my baby right away. But anyway, <laughs> and I retire those names, too, um, after, after I lose the pregnancy. I don't plan on reusing any of my names because even though I didn't get to meet my babies, I do know that those spirits and those entities were with me for some time so they should be honored and respected but anyway plan for other stuff like I recently um planned my music and how I want to release it throughout the next couple of months um I planned having an elective surgery i have um, pins and plates in my ankle and i wanted to get them taken out well thank you coronavirus because i can't my date was um canceled i have to reschedule but right after losing the pregnancy i had planned to get that surgery so just to give myself something to count down to you know um I know that many of us get a lot of pregnancy apps and mom apps once we find out and it's like the worst shit ever to have to go back and delete them and like or even worse if you don't delete them and you still see like a growing fetus that's not in you on the app and you're like I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I can't even like I got to delete this app. Like it just for me it was just really hard every time, every last fucking time it was super hard. So I would encourage us to find other things that are more surefire um to look forward to and like mother yourself. I know that's the corniest thing ever, but my message that I got from this last miscarriage or pregnancy loss, whatever you want to call it, is like even though financially I'm pretty damn stable even emotionally i'm far more stable than i was two years ago i know i have dealt with something that few people are truly able to like cope with and let alone flourish from so i know that i have a lot of embedded trauma maybe i need to do more work on my embedded trauma um work on my anxiety like just things about me that I might not want to pass down onto or into my baby um, DNA and energy are very very transferable of course DNA is but like people don't understand how transferable things like anxiety are, things like depression or um, traumas you know there's so much that I don't want to give a baby that i still have and so maybe god is sparing us and sparing me for from things i feel like you know i don't even know are wrong with me and i might pass one so i just had to look at it like i'm not going to say it feels good but it must be for the best. Like, it must be. And I'm taking steps to mother myself. I think the next episode I want to talk about is how I came out of depression by going to school. Um, because that is one thing that really, really helped to turn my whole outlook on life around. And, um, excuse me, I think that was a part of mothering myself that I needed much um, like very greatly so I'm just taking it upon myself to take good good care of myself and love on me like do things I want to do for me because I'm always focusing on somebody else like one way or another I'm never worried about Amina so maybe before I have a baby I need to really pay attention to me like because Maybe God is sparing me from feeling like I don't have any attention paid to me. What I mean is, we all hear when you have a baby, everything changes. Nothing is about you. And even though I'm ready to give my life to a child, I'm ready to give my whole life to a child. Right now, it might not be the time for me to do that. I might have a whole life to live before I give mine to a child. Like, I do deserve to live. And I know that that is a message that I'm getting, like, Live for you. Because I am a mom already. I I was going to say look on. Find ways in which you are nurturing someone or something. And become a mom in your own way. If you can't give birth right now. For one reason or another. Get a fucking plant. And raise that plant from a seed. You hear me? And grow a tree out that mother. Because it's other ways to be a nurturer. It's other ways to be a mother I have a dog who will be six this year and that is no less my baby than the one that I would have gave birth to if I would have still been pregnant like me and that little girl are connected so I want to encourage us to look at what we have look at what we have in our lives look at ways we can contribute all motherhood really is is like contributing teaching and sacrifice. Find ways to do that already. Maybe you won't be someone's biological mother, but you may change someone's life for the better and all you did was be available for them as that mother figure. You know what I mean? There's ways. If we want to be moms, we can be moms. That's what I'm saying. So just keep that in mind and plan for yourself. Plan for the future. If you're still in the active planning of getting pregnant phase, I understand that it might be hard to do all that at once and still plan to get pregnant. Um, but I would encourage you to plan for a trip. You know what I mean? Plan things that you could still do if you end up getting pregnant. I wouldn't say plan for surgery because, you know, baby girl, you might not be able to get it. But um there are ways to stay positive. I'm going to end on this note because I do feel like I've, gave you, I've given you as much as I could possibly give you in this hour and some odd um, about this topic without just talking over and over about certain things. If you made it this far, you really are the real MVP. I love you so much. Thank you for listening to my ramblings. Um, but I'm not even going to downplay myself and call them ramblings. Like, thank you for listening to a piece of me that I don't like. I don't like. I'm ashamed of this piece of me. Um, even still, I, I, I'm i upset that I have to sit here and make this episode. You know what I mean? Because, like, it just goes back to that part of, like, why me? Um, but thank you for listening to me work it out. And even though there are times where I feel, why me? Using the things I just talked about, um, holistic healing, positive self-talk, you know, self-honesty, honoring those pregnancies, taking a break, planning for other things. Those type of things that really make the difference between like a bad feeling and a bad day. Because I'm not saying we are not going to feel bad about this. And I'm not saying that, you know, by doing this, you're just not going to care about losing a baby because that's not how it works. But you can change your days your days don't have to be gray and i hope that we got that um i hope somebody at least one person could get something from this episode and if nothing else um thank you so much for just listening to me vent to you guys and open up about such a tender topic i feel like i, I take like two whole minutes every episode to say thank you and i'm gonna keep doing that. <laughs> but thank you so much um and I, I'm going to leave it here. I'm sending love and positivity to everybody. If you're dealing with pregnancy laws, if you're dealing with infertility, if you have five kids and you just listen just listen, um, I love you. I'm here with you. Our journeys are not the same, but they're all journeys. And we're going to be okay. So I'm going to talk to you next time. This is Amina Bell. This has been Amina's World, baby. And we're going to get up out of here. Bye.